Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who knows ball, Brandon Siegel. How you doing? I'm doing I'm doing well. What is this intro today? I just know ball. A man who knows ball. You don't see it on Twitter. It's always like, oh, this guy knows ball. They have a good take and it's no, like, oh, I, he, he knows I, ball. I've never seen that, but I, I, I think that? that's a compliment, right? I appreciate it, I think. Yeah, it's like it's like if I make a tweet um, that's like, oh, Joe Burrow, you know, went for this. He's been playing well because of this and the way he sees the defense. And then Ben comments under it, you know ball. Interesting. Okay, okay. So I'll take I'll take that compliment. It sounds like a compliment to me, so I'll, I'll take it. Um, but I, I appreciate that, Trevor. Look, it's it's a it's a great day to podcast. We got great football today. We got really just a great sports week in general, and we'll get to that in a second here. Of course, we got to welcome the third member of our podcast. That is, of course, Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you today? I'm fantastic, Brandon. Um, I'm very nervous. Yes, but I would say I know ball as well. I, I don't know if Brandon knows ball actually, Trevor. I think that might be a lie. Um, but. I, Brandon, I was kind of waiting for you to, to come back and say, well, I've gotten almost all my, my postseason NFL predictions right this year, blah, blah, blah. But, <laughs> yeah, I know. He's um, 9 out of 10, and he'll be sure to tell you every time. Well, again, it's misleading, though, because he's just essentially picked pretty much all the favorites except for, like, one game. I, I've had three upsets of the nine. Okay, but one of them no. is not a real upset. I don't count the Giants over the Vikings because everyone picked that one. Doesn't count. Well, the, not everyone because the line was not for the Giants, so... Actually, more people than not. But you were also uh, very wrong on multiple games, like like embarrassingly wrong on a couple games this year. So I feel like that offsets. No, no, it's uh, it's. I mean, there's no stats to back that up. And see, I, I don't just like come out and say it all the time because you know the stats will speak for themselves. I don't need to come on the podcast and talk about how you know I have this giga brain, you know, football genius over here. Um, some teams should definitely hire me as an analyst, but that's besides the point. Look, we'll get into football in a little bit. We'll get there. Let's start off, uh, Trevor, with a little bit of small talk today. Bronny James, uh, a man I like talking about. I, I like the James family quite a lot. Um, we actually had some Bronny James news in this past week. He made the McDonald's All-American game. Um, I talked about this a little bit before the podcast, you guys. I've seen so many weird tweets and like weird takes on Bronny making the game. Um, so Trevor, set it straight for the people. Does Br- Bronny deserve to be in the McDonald's All-American game? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he does. I mean, it's not like I'm watching every every Bronny James basketball game, but it seems pretty clear that he is now, I think, elevated. Uh, I mean, as an athlete, I think he's improved a lot. We already knew, um, you know, from prior years from watching him, when I watched him a little bit last year in the one or two games I could find on TV, that he already kind of has – a really high basketball IQ. He's already a pretty good passer. He's a good shooter. It's like, okay, now can he reach the level athletically that he would need to get to to be a really good college basketball player and then obviously to be, you know, in the NBA and be a guy who can, you know, get some minutes on an NBA team. You got to be a really good athlete. And it seems pretty clear that Bronny has taken a little bit of a leap there. Um, obviously, you know, if, if you're on social media or you, you know, look anywhere for Bronny highlights, you see some of the dunks, you see some of the highlights that he's had. And uh, he's played really well on ESPN. He's actually um, risen to the number 28th ranked player, which I believe, you know, I check in every now and then. Um, I think a few months ago, or maybe the start of the high school basketball season, he was in the 40s, I would say in that 40 to 45 range. So now... He's, he's risen up to 28, so, um, you know, the people that are following this on a day-to-day basis, the, the national scouts, the ESPN guys, the 247 guys, the guys that are really, um, you know, following this, they seem to think that Bronny's gotten a lot better, um, obviously, by that. So for him to make the McDonald's All-American game, it seems well-deserved. I mean, you got, 
I believe it's 12, uh, 12 from the east, 12 from the west. So technically mm-hmm. the 24 best players, but obviously, you know, for different reasons, maybe some guys are injured. Well, no, if they're injured, they, I think you still make it, obviously. But there's some guys, whatever, maybe they don't pick them or what, whatever the case may be. But essentially, you know, he, he deserves it. There's actually a couple guys that are ranked lower than him that are also in the game. Um, but I think it's, it's definitely a good accomplishment for Bronny, and I think it is well-deserved. Um, you know, in the McDonald's All-American game, I'm, I'm going to be really excited for it because in addition to Bronny, there's other names here that, you know, kind of stand out to me that I've heard about a little bit, that I've watched, you know, here or there. For instance, you have DJ Wagner, um, who's committed to Kentucky. He's a 6'2 point guard, currently ranked number two um, in the ESPN uh, recruiting rankings. You have Justin Edwards, who's ranked number one. Um, both of those players are set to play for the East. And then another guy I want to mention, uh, Andre, I, don't know, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but I think it's Andre Stoyakovich, the son of former NBA player Peja Stoyakovich. Um, he's mm. ranked number 23, committed to Stanford, uh, 6'7 forward. And he is also on the West roster with Bronny James. So just a few interesting things that I think uh, to take away. And I'm really excited uh, to watch that game. I believe the McDonald's All-American game is usually shortly before the Final Four. I think it's in late March. Um, so I'll be excited to watch that. Yeah, uh, it's March 28th, uh, it says here. Uh, so I'm excited. This is always... I love like the high school games, like the, uh, the All-American games, Army All-American game for football. Great game. You get to see people commit uh, to uh, to schools, which is really, really awesome. I think in this game, Bronny is the only undeclared player, which is pretty rare. I feel like we have a couple undeclareds uh, by the time they announce the roster. Um, but it'll be a really, really, really fun game regardless. Um, obviously, we've seen Bronny James in action, and it seems like he's gotten better since we've seen him play, which makes sense. I mean, that was quite a long time ago. Uh, what, what year did we see him? Like four years ago or something? Three years ago? Well, we went and saw him play live his freshman year, which would have been December 2019, so it's been quite a while. I've seen him on TV a couple times since, but yeah, he's definitely grown a lot as a player. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right, let's move on over to college basketball here. Um, Really crazy college basketball week. Yesterday, specifically, Trevor, we had a ton of big, big, big upsets um, happen, uh, and I definitely would like to talk about some of them. Uh, where are we starting off in college basketball? Because I feel like we could we could go many different avenues. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the headlines just kind of the Big 12 SEC challenge yesterday that took place. Um, the Big 12 essentially proving that, yes, they are indeed the best conference in college basketball. I think they confirmed it. Um, of the 10 games, they won seven of them. So the Big 12 finishes seven and three in the challenge. And, uh, you know, a couple big surprises. I mean, the first one that really stands out is Alabama the number two ranked team in the country, uh, they really, they get, you know, demolished by Oklahoma um, on their home, or no, it wasn't on their home floor, but Alabama, they get bit, they get beaten. Uh, I think the final score, 93-69 of that one, just uh, a complete shocker for me. Uh, I mean, I previously was thinking that Alabama might be the best team in the country. Look at all their talent. Look at how it uh, fits together. Nate Oates has done such a good job um, as the coach of this team. Brandon Miller kind of being the the headliner there with their team. And they just, you know, they, they had a really bad showing. They had a really bad showing. Oklahoma, you know, they're a decent team, but definitely not a team that should be uh, beating Alabama if Alabama is supposed to be a national championship contender. So you had that one. Um, the other big one that I want to mention, the Kansas-Kentucky game. 
Kansas, Kentucky, obviously, uh, probably, you know, they're blue bloods, maybe the bluest of the blue bloods, obviously. Kansas and Kentucky, two of the winningest programs in college basketball history. And Kansas was on a three-game losing streak coming in this game, and they were able to turn the tide. They got the win against Kentucky. It was a really solid win, too. I mean, Jalen Wilson, just, again, he, he's like a model of consistency in college basketball when there is, are very few um, consistent teams, very few consistent players. Jalen Wilson remains consistent for the Kansas Jayhawks. He had 22 points in this one. Uh, he was awesome. And they, they beat Kentucky, you know. Um, it was a relatively close game. Kentucky was in it, you know. And Kentucky's a team who they're starting to kind of figure things out. They have found, uh, you know, more things in the lineup. You know, starting to insert more shooting. A guy like C.J. Frederick um, into the lineup. You got uh, Toppin, who's, you know, usually a decent shooter as well. Cason Wallace has been playing really well. So Kentucky, they're playing better. So this is a really good win for Kansas against a solid Kentucky team. Um, but those were kind of the games that stood out to me most. Obviously, Tennessee, wire-to-wire win over Texas. Auburn, they lose to uh, the West Virginia Mountaineers, my favorite team. So good to see West Virginia get a win there. But that's kind of what I wanted to mention. You know, It just continues to be surprising, obviously, in college basketball that we have so many upsets. And, you know, it's interesting. But, uh, uh, Ben, what did you kind of think about this Big 12 SEC Challenge Anything that stood out? Obviously, we did get a court storming in that Oklahoma game. What, what did you think? Yeah, what's your what's your analysis on that, Ben? Yeah, I, again, because you you are the official, the, like you're the the guru of court storming. So I am. You're the I, I would, have, we go I to, would so. consider myself the the kind of uh, the the judge of court storming. I, I deem yeah. if it's necessary or not. Um, it's tough. I, I I will allow it. I will allow it. Again, it's it, you're an unranked team. You're at home. A top two team you beat, you beat them by a lot. And again, I'm I'm more of a fan of court stormings, like in the moment, like at the buzzer, like don't even think you just you just run on the court. This is obviously you're up thirty or whatever, like you're planning it out. Um, so it kind of to me it defeats it defeats the the juice a little bit. It kind of it kind of ruins the the moment a little bit, but it's still a cool moment. Um, I'll allow it. I will. I've seen there will be much. I've seen much worse worse court stormings, um, and there will be much worse in the future. Uh, I mean, you're an Oklahoma team that really had no business even being close in that game. You beat, um, again, like a top-two team. Now, again, Alabama, they're a football school now, again. So you got to remember, they're, they're no longer a basketball school after after this game yesterday. So maybe it's not as impressive. You beat a team or you beat a school that doesn't really care about their basketball team. So I don't know. Again, that takes some juice away from it. But overall, I'm cool with it. Um, and just, Trevor, to get to your point about the Big 12, I think it, it kind of shows what we touched on last week, which was the Big 12 is such a deep conference. Um, and even the teams at the bottom, like your West Virginia Mountaineers, Trevor, or like Texas Tech, like I said last week, those teams are still not bad teams at all. And they're capable of beating other teams. Just because they're getting beat up in the Big 12 doesn't mean they're a bad basketball team. Um, and I think that really showed yesterday with with a lot of these these Big 12 teams upsetting, or maybe, maybe not even upsetting, just beating up on these SEC teams. Um, the Big 12 is a fantastic conference, and it's been like that for a while, and it's obviously still that way um, just because of how deep they are. I mean, I really do, and I said this last week, I'll say it again, like, I could see any of the top five or six teams winning that conference championship in March. I really could because because of how deep it is and because of how competitive um, that conference is. I think it, it, it showed yesterday and it, it'll uh, continue to show throughout the next month or two. Yeah. Yeah, and Trevor, um, you know, real quick because I want to talk about the court storming. Uh, I think this is important. Ben, I'm surprised you didn't – you weren't, you know, more willing to accept this court storming. I, I thought you'd be good with this one. I mean, a 12-9 and 9 Oklahoma versus Alabama, which, as Trevor said, 
uh, he thought was like the top team in the nation. I, I thought you'd be a little more like good on this rating. Uh, I, I, I'm this cool with it. it. It's just like, I don't know. Again, part, part of it is I like to see number one take, be being taken down by an unranked team. I, that, that is the best for me. Um, and the second part of that is like I want it to be a close game where it's like really could go either way. Oklahoma destroyed them. It was it wasn't close the, the whole second half. So it's like again I'm cool with it. It, it. I'm allowing it. I'm not I'm not um, gonna press charges against Oklahoma or anything like that. But it's just like it, it loses some magic to me when those two things happen when it's not a number one ranked team and it's not a close game. Interesting. Okay, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take. I'm it. very I mean, picky about are... my store comings because I I think it should yeah. be like a once in a lifetime opportunity. It's not something that you should see yeah, twenty times a basketball season. I, I agree. And, 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 I, I, you know, Ben. Look, you're the judge. Uh, we have been involved in a court storming once. Did you think our court storming, which maybe you can tell the people? Uh, I guess we were kind of involved. We were working. It's so like we we had to be a little rational about it. We what captured did you think about it. our court we storming. We captured the court storming. Oh, you're talking about ours at Bowling Green? Taking I, down I am. Yes. Buffalo. Um. Yeah. It was uh, I, not justified in the slightest. Uh, what? We beat like they were like they were like Trevor. They were like nineteenth in the country. What do you mean? Wait, wait. That's you don't think it. that was that's justified? We were horrible. No, it's not justified. We beat. We were a good team. Oh, we were probably man. the second best team in the conference. You beat the one team better than you, who was like not even a top ten team. Like, are you kidding me? No, it's ridiculous. Now, am I complaining? No, because it was awesome. Um, and not that like we rushed to the court. Brandon, and I, I feel like you should adjust your rules a little bit. But, um, no, I told you, I'm picky about it. Like, if if, if every team rushes the court when they beat a top 20 team at home like what there's no magic in anymore that happens all the time okay west virginia that means west virginia could have could have stormed the court yesterday because they were an unranked team that beat uh, i think 15th it's different ranked auburn like it's, it's ridiculous different. no it's ridiculous i think you it's, gotta, it's gotta though. be something special i think but i think that was special because bowling green's a team who i mean certainly in our history had really no success with the basketball team i, I mean yeah see i before think before then think a good and buffalo was i mean in in the mac conference I think Buffalo, yes, Bowling Green, I mean, we proved we were the second-best team, but Buffalo, based on how they had played all year, they beat, like, major conference teams. They were ranked in top 20. I think Buffalo was the number one by such a wide margin in the MAC that season. I mean, they were way—just to put it honestly, put it frank, Buffalo was way better than Bowling Green was. They were by far the best team in the MAC. so I think that's a major win when you also factor in our history— as Bowling Green in basketball, I think when you factor that in, I thought it was a big win. I mean, I, I, I don't know in what other time Bowling Green basketball would ever beat a ranked team again. I, I don't think it'll ever happen so this again. Is, I think this is the best point here Trevor just made is we got to put it in relative terms. We're not going to ever play the number one team. I agree. That was the one point. This will be one of the best teams they ever play. Not yeah, only is it one of the 100%. best teams they ever played, they were ranked. And it wasn't like they were ranked 25. They were ranked 19. You know, so like considering this was the best win in program history, probably. Yeah, I think it, the court uh, storming was justified. I don't know if you can say that. I I mean probably one, it's one of back, one of program goes back like a hundred years, dude. I don't know if you can say that. <laughs> I mean, you just top don't know. Five. We don't know. <laughs> definitely top five. Sure. Okay, definitely sure. fine. In the modern era, it is the best program win. Last twenty years. Actually, that's not true at all. We beat Michigan State at home like in two thousand. It was a huge deal. At and were they ranked? <laughs> uh, I believe so. That was probably I'll also that, that was also that was also topic. probably worthy of a court storm. If Michigan State was like I'm a ranked sure a ranked team, it was also. But worthy. that's a power five ranked team. That's a little different than Buffalo being ranked to me. It's just I, I mean Buffalo like beat Buffalo beat West Virginia that year. I'm they aware. beat uh, other good teams. Know, they were a good team. I'm not saying that again. <laughs> like I'm just saying, like I'm picky about it. It's got to be something yeah. special. 
I feel it. I, yes, I, that was special. That was cool. I, that I was that game was, was awesome. I get that, but it's like you asked for my opinion. That's my opinion. I thought it was ridiculous. Now, what yeah. I all I was all for it, of course, because I've never and, been a part of a court storming. But if you're a right. casual college basketball fan watching that game, I, I'm sitting there on my couch going, "Why the heck are Bowling Green fans storming the court? They beat Buffalo. Who cares?" And it was a close uh, game. According as to the well. records here, hold on, hold on. According to the records, Michigan State has never lost to Bowling Green in basketball. Okay. But maybe it was Michigan. It was it was either Michigan or Michigan State. It was one of those two. We can oh, we can have, provide an update on this. It was next when week, maybe. it was when the dude on ESPN was there. What's the dude uh, that's on ESPN now? That was the coach of PG. That was crazy. What was his name? Uh, Dan Oh, Dan Dockage was the coach. Yeah, okay. it was Anthony Stacy. I think was on that team. I've seen you've seen clips of it. Whatever. So is not the point. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think yeah, yeah, it should be special, but I think that one was special. If you look at like the Oklahoma Alabama one, I I'm okay with it. Like I'll accept it. But I think your point about the blowout is a decent one simply because I think if it's a blowout, I think the the mindset should be more like you're partying for the entire second half. You don't really like court storming is like kind of like just like an extra almost unneeded thing. I'll accept it because, again, it's number two team and Oklahoma is like they're still a good team. But it was a blowout. You should just be partying in the second half. It's a little bit different. But we had another court court storming just to mention quickly. Uh, yesterday I saw Central Michigan. This was a MAC game. Central Michigan, who was seven and twelve, against Western Michigan, who was six and fourteen. Central Michigan <laughs> wins the game at home. They hit a, a three pointer with about five seconds left in the game to put them up one, and they win the game. It's a court storm, which is absolutely insane. Oh my god! All right, Ben, insane. what's the rating here? What's the that, rating? That's ridiculous! Absolutely ridiculous! There's no yeah. reason why that should happen. That's so, embarrassing. So Central Michigan, what are you doing? I don't, I don't know. So and hold is that like on, a big I have, rivalry I have an game update. or something? Is maybe that's a huge rivalry? Yeah, it is a rivalry. I mean, but it like, is a rivalry, still. but like, who cares? You guys both suck. <laughs> yeah, I have an update on the Michigan uh, Bowling Green score. Uh, so a lot of things that are interesting here. So Michigan beat or Bowling Green beat Michigan at home, sixty-five fifty-nine in two thousand and one, November twenty-eighth, two thousand and one. But here's the thing, Ben. Falcons were four and or yeah they were four and one, uh going into that game. The Wolverines were two and two, and in the previous week they lost to Western Michigan. It wasn't even the first Max school they lost to that year, <laughs> so they were not ranked. I still live on that Buffalo is one of the best wins in program history. Oh, that's if fine. Not Again, the best you win. can say it's the best win in program history. That's fine. Just don't say it's the best because there's you're you're skipping eighty years of Bowling Green history that you don't know. And I'm content about. with that. That's and disrespectful. I'm content with that. To, to, it's not disrespectful to Nate Thurman and all the people that played in like the seventies. I, I think it's the best. And they were actually ever good. No offense. <laughs> it, it may or may not be. It's definitely up there. But um, yeah, I, I just thought it was interesting. I mean, court storming is it's always interesting to kind of dissect. Um, just a few other things I think are interesting. Um, Creighton got a big one over Xavier or Xavier. I pronounced it wrong. I know Ben, you love that. Any Xavier loss is a good loss for Ben and all Dayton fans. Yep. Um, so that's a good one. Oh, it's really, just any any fan any fans of 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 sports in general are probably are probably happy that Xavier loses. Really, at all. <laughs> if yeah, you're a fan absolutely. of if you're a fan of of clean play and not having a coach that's a cheater, then you're you're cool with Xavier losing. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with Xavier losing. You Ben, you have you have literally uh, manipulated my mind to just now I have this hatred like blindly for Xavier. Yeah, my goal was to classically condition your brain when we lived together in college. Anytime you see or hear the word Xavier, you just immediately get, you go, ugh. Because that's what I do. When I see or, yeah. or hear the word Xavier, the first thing I do is I just go, ugh. Like, it's not even like I don't yeah, think I'm, about I'm it. I'm in it to win it with that. I'm in okay. it to win it. Okay. Fair. I, I'm there. You, you <laughs> yeah. did a good job. Because I hate Xavier now. No reason. Just I don't like him. 
Well, it's so, a bad school, that's why. Yeah. Um. All right, Trevor, any other college basketball? We've gotten so yeah, far yeah. out off topic so, here. So from that win, Xavier was number 13. Creighton has now won uh, four games or five games in a row, it looks like. No, four. So Creighton, I think, uh, number one, I think they're the best eight-loss team in the country. Um, I have to say Creighton, um, of all the eight-loss teams, which there's probably a ton of them, Creighton is the best eight-loss team there is. And I think they might be on a run now. I think they're going to start getting it together. They're 7-3 and three in the conference. Um, which I think puts them fourth in the Big East. So I think they're going to be on a run. Obviously, uh, Brandon, Somber News, Charleston, uh, they take a loss. We don't, we do not like that. Um, Florida Atlantic. I'm so sad. Yeah, it's 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 just unfortunate, you know. But, uh, you know, hopefully they, they can bounce back in the next game. Florida Atlantic, they keep their streak alive. They now have the biggest win streak in college basketball. They're ranked. They've been really solid. And uh, Purdue, still number one. You know, Alabama, they lost again. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's time that we accept that Purdue is indeed the best team in college basketball, despite the fact that on on paper, when you watch them, they don't seem to have a ton of talent. You know, they have, I mean, they have Zach Eady and they have these like freshman guards, but they're number one. They they keep winning. So I don't know. Maybe we should accept it. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, not going to accept that because here's the thing, Trevor. You know, we look at cross-con basketball, I don't really think we have, like, one great team. I think tournament time, we're going to have, like, one of the best March Madness tournaments probably in, like, recent history because it seems like there's a lot of teams kind of, like, all in the mix of being good, not great. Um, so I'm really, 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 really excited. Any other final college basketball uh, things before we move along here? That's pretty much it. Ben, you got anything else? No, we spent a lot of time on it. I think we should move on. We, we have spent quite a lot of time. Let's move on over to professional basketball, the NBA. Um, and uh, good amount, honestly, Trevor, good amount of stuff coming out of the NBA that aren't even game results. We just had a lot of stuff. We had the All-Star starters. Uh, we had some trades, some contract extensions. Obviously, we had the big game last night, Lakers-Celtics. Uh, where do you want to start? Where are, we, where are we starting in the NBA? Yeah, so just a couple new uh, news and notes to mention. Uh, Rui Hachimura obviously traded to the Lakers. Um, for Lakers fans, this was a huge deal. Um, it was quite funny seeing some people on Twitter acting like uh, the Lakers are now championship contenders due to this. Um, I don't think that's the case. It, it does make them better. Rui Hachimura from the Wizards is a solid player um, and I think will help the Lakers. But, you know, making them a championship contender, I, I don't think Rui is exactly that uh, caliber of a player. But a solid move for the Lakers, able to get... You know some more depth, uh, and, and in this trade, as you can look at, so the Lakers they got Rui in the trade, and the Wizards received Kendrick Nunn, um, and it looks like uh, three second round picks. Um, so you know, I think a good trade overall for the Lakers makes them a little bit better. Um, Miles Turner has a contract extension with the uh, Pacers, so I think this is a good move from the Pacers. Miles Turner's been playing really well, obviously. The health of Tyrese Halliburton is the biggest thing for this team. He's been hurt now, um, and he's the thing. He's the main player. He's the best player. He's kind of transformed their team from what was expected to be one of the worst teams in the league to, you know, a playoff team. So obviously he's really important. But Miles Turner as well, really good defensive player, and I think it. You know, I think it's a good move from the Pacers to kind of keep him. Um, other than that, a couple significant games. Um, just to mention, last night, Lakers-Celtics um, ended in a little bit of controversy when LeBron drove to the basket on the final play of regulation. Looked like he got slapped on the arm. Well, no, not looked. He did. He did get slapped on the arm by Jason Tatum. 
you know, should have been a foul, but they did not call it. Um, and that produced uh, some funny memes, some funny pictures. Um, you had Patrick Beverly bringing out a camera and showing the referee, um, basically saying like, "Hey, that we have it on, we have it on tape. Like, this is, like, do you see it? Do you see the foul?" Um, he obviously got teed up for that. And you know, they have these like last two minute reports that come out, which I just think are nonsensical. Brandon, we we were talking about this before the They're podcast. Ridiculous. But it's like they release these two-minute reports, and it's as if that fixes like the call. Like it doesn't fix it. The Celtics end yeah. up winning the game in overtime. It doesn't change the result. So like, what's the point? You know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't. I just don't understand. Like, I don't get the point. Um, and the thing is, is it just frustrates everyone because it's like if you got this call right two minutes later, like why not have some system set up where when there's calls in big games. You know, New York can, like, go down and say, like, no, 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 that's not the right call. Like, we reviewed this or something of that nature. Like, I know they want to speed up games and stuff, and that's not what they want in the game. But when there's a call so crucial like that where, I mean, from my understanding, I, I didn't watch the game. From my understanding, the Lakers would have won, right? Like, that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, like, I when a call is that crucial, I, I don't know. It seems so ridiculous to, to not just stop the game and figure it out. Um, and then you do this stupid two-minute report that has nothing to do with anything, and it just doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make logical sense, Trevor. Yeah. So I wanted to mention that. Oh, hopefully they find a way to fix that. I mean, all these calls, if it's a major foul call like that, I just think we should be able to review it, or you should have someone watching it that's in the booth that's able to say, no, we saw it from this camera angle. It's a foul. Like, I, I just I don't fully understand why it's so difficult just to take, like, 45 seconds a minute it shouldn't have to be long it doesn't they don't have to go to the booth for five minutes it's unnecessary just have someone in the booth he sees the camera angle within 45 seconds he can say oh no slept on the foul simply because this one was an obvious one there's other fouls that are more they're closer if it's like who whose hand did the ball go off of last that one's a lot more difficult this one was obvious slap on the arm should have been called a foul but you know nevertheless we move on one more game just want to talk about quickly uh, 76ers versus the Nuggets. Uh, Joel Embiid in this game, um, just really, um, you know, just kind of showing all the people that maybe didn't give him votes in the All Star starter thing. Like uh, I should have been a starter um, because he had 47 points, I think 18 rebounds, just absolutely insane. I mean, step back threes. Uh, you know, the, the stuff that Joel Embiid does for his size. I think he's like seven foot two. It's just wild to see. I mean, if you if you took someone from the 1990s and you just you know put them in a time machine and you t- you show them film of Joel Embiid, I think they would their minds would be completely blown because it's it's wild the way he is able to score the ball. Uh, the Sixers get a big one there. They continue to win. The Sixers now, I mean, I, I think they are fully looking like a, a championship contender. They look really good. James Harden's been patient with the ball. Uh, last night, I don't know if this was the final stat line. At one point, I checked the box where he had 13. It says zero turnovers. So really good for him. Tobias Harris, um, you know, George Niang, Tyrese Maxey. Uh, Trevor, what, say, say that name again. What was the name? George Niang. No, no, before that. <laughs> Tobias Harris, my bad. There you go. T- Tobias you go. Harris. Um, all oh, I love making... Tobias. I love I love your you calling it, it Tobias. Right? A little callback. Uh, you brought it back to all making yeah. contributions. So good one. A little for the uh, a little feature of Trevor saying words and names incorrectly. I love that on yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Slip, Trevor. You haven't said that. Ben caught you. I love the attention to detail. <laughs> That's why Ben O'Brien's on this podcast right here. The attention to detail. I like that, Ben. 
Yeah. And you get a gold star for today's podcast. You do. Thank gold you. star for you. Continue, Thank Trevor. Sorry. We're sorry to I wasn't interrupt. I'm trying to interrupt you, Trevor. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, you're good. Gold star for you. But that's, you know, as far as the games, that's all I wanted to mention. We did get the all star starters. Um, obviously, there's always going to be a lot of debate. Um, and, you know, and, and I could say, well, like, you know, I think Jalen Brown deserved it over Kyrie. I do. I do think Jalen Brown deserved it over Kyrie. I think there's a debate to be had in the West about. You know, should Zion have, should he be a starter when he only played 29 games? Whereas Devonis Sabonis is leading the Kings to like the third seed and he's probably their best player. I don't know. I, I think maybe Sabonis should get the nod, but it's close. Um, what I'm more concerned about is kind of the format and the way it's selected, uh, the rules around it. Number one, I think the fact that it's so rigid and it has to be three front court players and two guards i don't like that you know nowadays we have so many different lineup configurations just make it positionless basketball you don't have to have exactly three guard three front court players and two back court players joel embiid was left off because of it i think that's wrong i think joel embiid should be on the starting lineup just have tatum as a guard it's fine tatum can be the shooting guard with mitchell and you can have Giannis Durant and Joel Embiid. It's you know it's not a big deal. Um, number two, I don't think fans should have really any share of the voting to be honest, because they're just gonna make these campaigns and they're gonna vote for players mm-hmm. that aren't really deserving, like Andrew Wiggins, who was like fifth in the fan vote. I just think some of it's ridiculous. And as a fan myself, I think fans deserve no share of the All Star voting. I don't know. What do you think about that, Brandon? So I, I don't know that she get no percentage, but it should not be 50%. I, that's a little bit crazy, uh, in my opinion. Zero seems like a little drastic. Like, to be honest, like, the All-Star game's this, you know, dumb, fun game at the end of the day, and it is for the fans. I mean, that's that's who it is. So I, I do think they should get some amount of vote. Um, the media, I think you're a big media guy here with them getting vote. I'm down with the media getting most of the vote, and I'm down with the NBA players getting the second, if not the same amount of vote as the media players. Um, I'd be content with both of those options, uh, but fans definitely should it should be down a little bit for sure. I I 100% agree. Yeah, I think the only other thing uh, I wanted to mention I think there should be like a minimum maybe a minimum game threshold or a minimum minutes. I mean you have guys like Chet Holmgren who's been out for the whole season getting four votes from players. It's just stupid. Like it's it, you could just easily say well you need to have played 25 games like a I don't know maybe if you say we well, have to play like two thirds of the games. In order to be eligible, you have to play at least half of the games in order to be eligible. I don't know, something like that. Not something that's super strict, but, you know, just make it so we're not, there's no chance of someone ridiculous making the starters. So I would implement something like that as well. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like in this situation, it's not like that big of a deal because, like, it's Chad Holcomb's not going to make, but, like, he got four votes. I mean, who cares? There's not a lot of votes. It's not like, it's not like he, like, came in, like, third for voting for, you know, guards, which obviously he's not a guard, but, like, he, like, was close to making it. He's not going to make the All-Star game, so it's not a big deal, uh, in my opinion, you know, at, at the end of the day. Um, all right, Trevor, anything else NBA-wise we want to get to before we, we wrap up with the NFL a little bit today? No, we're good. We're good to go. All right. Um, so, obviously, we've already posted an article with our official predictions. By the time this episode comes out, uh, the Eagles-Niners game will already be, I don't know, maybe halfway over. So we'll, we'll, we'll run through these games quickly, but we got to talk about the uh, the NFL a little bit at least. Um, I, I don't know if there's any anything we want to talk about from last week's games. It is a little bit old news, Trevor. Anything you want to mention from last week uh, before we quickly talk about the games happening today? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Cowboys just should be mentioned. I mean, they continue to do what it is that they do, you know, in big games. It seems like they, they do not show up for whatever reason. Zach Prescott had two interceptions. Um, obviously, a huge difference in play from his game against the Bucks, where he was incredible, to the game against the 49ers where he was pretty bad. I mean, uh, a couple turnovers, the one pass where he had, uh, I think it was T.Y. Hilton wide open, and he decided to throw it to C.D. Lamb in coverage um, anyway. So there's, you know, just some bad play from Dak. Uh, but nevertheless, I think we do have the four best teams uh, left in the conference championships. Yeah, not much for me to say. Uh, the main thing, very impressive, the Eagles and Bengals. Um, so impressed that that led my predictions for this week. Um, and, you know, yeah, I think we'll we'll see what happens. But the, those will be my picks. You guys can check out the article to see all of our picks. Um, if I remember, it's linked below. But if not, just go to the website, thesmallballers.com. Ben, any, any you know, a you know, few thoughts here on on the games from past week before we, you know, move to the champ week? I mean, I think the thing that's talked about the most from last week is is Patrick Mahomes and how bad his ankle is. Again, I don't I don't think it's going to be like a huge deal in terms of him at not 100% is still really good. Um, and I don't know anything about the injury. It seems like it's one of those things that's not going away anytime soon. But um, it was kind of it was kind of cool to see like so he goes out. Chad Henney comes in. Who I mean, Chad Henney's not great or anything, but he's good enough to get the job done in that offense, and he looked good. Uh, and then it was kind of, it was kind of actually, and I don't like Mahomes or anything like that, but it was fun to watch him come back in and see how he did on a bad ankle. Because again, like he's a freak, he's the best quarterback in the NFL, he's amazing, um, and he's kind of fun to watch him have to play a different style of football than what he's used to. And he was still, I mean, he obviously was still good enough to get the win, and maybe that game was a little bit closer against the Jags than it probably should have been. But um, and it was just, it was cool to watch. Like he's just, again, like to me, he is the Steph Curry of, of the NFL where like, I don't care who he's playing or what's going on. If he's on the field, like I have so much interest in watching just him operate and how creative he can be with the football. It's, it's, it's impressive to watch. It really is. Yeah. I'm, I'm, so I'm going to kind of transition to this week. I'm really interested to see how his ankle holds up uh, from all the doctors that I follow on Twitter from David Chow uh, to a couple other doctors. It seems like he's going to be fine. He's definitely not at 100%. His mobility is one thing that makes him a little bit unique is he's much more mobile than people give him credit for. Um, so I'm interested to see how that dynamic is. The line is tilting more and more to the Chiefs. It's now at two and a half, minus two and a half to the Chiefs. Um, so it is continuing to move forward with that. I'm so personally, I'm so impressed with the Bengals. I, I think they pull this off. And I even mentioned in the article, I think even with a healthy Mahomes, Yes, the game would be closer, but I still almost favor the Bengals. I love how Joe Burrow is playing this year. Um, you know, as as cocky as the Bengals have been this entire week, and frankly, this whole season, according to you, Ben, I I I mean, we got to give them credit. They're here and they're they're playing better than they have. Um, you know, so I I'm I'm taking the Bengals. I'm really really impressed with them. I know Ben, you're scared by that, but that's I'm speaking the what I think is the truth here. Um, Eagles Niners, the first game, and this is going to be a little bit over already. I, I honestly don't think this game is going to even be that close. Um, I, I really like the Eagles here. The Eagles are really impressive. Brock Purdy is unable to get it done, in my opinion. Eagles are going to take this one pretty big. Um, Trevor, any any final thoughts um, on these two games before we wrap up today? Yeah, so w- with the Niners Eagles game, I mean, it's it's all about like like the Niners. In order for them to win, they have to control the game. They have to get the game to be played at the, the style, the pace that they want to play in order for them to win. And they can do that. They certainly can. But um, they're going to have to control the ball uh, a little bit more of a low-scoring game um, where they're, you know, they have a decent amount of success running the ball and their defense plays very well. 
um, that's kind of the path. And, you know, that's part of the reason why I'm picking the Eagles. I think the Eagles have more ways to win. I think they're a more flexible team um, overall when you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts. Just looking at a quarterback matchup, that's that's kind of um, that kind of outlines why they have more ways to win because Jalen Hurts is obviously a better quarterback, but he can do different things. You know, he can, um, you know, he's been a really good passer this year. Obviously, we know what he can do in the running game, design runs, um, rolling out with the, with the ball, obviously, and the talent they have, um, you know, the solid offensive line. So I think the Eagles have more ways to win. And I think the 49ers, as good as their defense has been, I mentioned this in the article, I think some of those matchups in the secondary, I think can be issues could be issues for the Niners. I mean, you look at, you have a receiver like Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown. These are players that are very successful, you know, with, you know, connecting with Hurts in the deep ball, outside the numbers, down the field throws, and they can go up and get it. And I think that there are going to be a couple big plays the Eagles are going to be able to make that may make the difference. I think it'll be close, but the Eagles, the way they've been playing, the way they played against the Giants, erasing concerns about health, I think the Eagles are the better team. I think they're playing the best team right now. Um, I, I think they are the best team of these four currently. That could change. That doesn't guarantee I'm picking the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. But at the moment, I think they're the best team, and I think they're going to win that game. Um, as far as Bengals-Chiefs, obviously, the Mahomes injury, that's what we're going to be looking at. That's what everyone's curious about. I'm also curious about, you know, we continue. We heard about the offensive line thing with the Bengals all week last week. Well, they were going up against a pretty you know, I would say average, maybe slightly below average Bills defensive line. Um, now you have a guy like Chris Jones. I think it's a little bit more of a solid defensive line for the Chiefs. I, I'm interested to see that matchup and how they're able to get pressure on Joe Burrow. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I also was just looking at like the six scores. Uh, the Bengals, even though I have a lot of faith in them, they are by a semi-decent amount the least healthy team of the four teams remaining. The other three teams are quite healthy. So even with Mahomes' injury, the, the Chiefs are quite a healthy team. Ben, you probably already know this, um, but I think this is important for, for the fans to know that the Bengals are actually quite opposite of last year, where I think they are a much better team than last year. They are not as healthy. Um, so we'll have to see how that goes. I'm still picking the Bengals regardless. Uh, ben, as the resident Bengals fan on this podcast, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I know you're going to just say the Chiefs are going to win, but I'd, I'd love to hear some analysis, and like some actual analysis here. What, what do you think about these two games? All right. I'll, 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 start, with, um, I'll start with the first game, okay? Um, Eagles is tough. And like I, I said in, in the article that we posted on, on our website, like, I, I don't really know what to who to pick, and the reason why I'm picking the Eagles in this game is because um, what, the, in terms of what is the most important to win a playoff game, I think being at home is obviously a huge advantage. Eagles have, have, have that. Um, quarterback play is obviously probably the most valuable position on the football field. Eagles have the advantage there. Um, and I think the line of scrimmage is probably the most important position on the field, whether it's offense and defensive line. I think the Eagles have the advantage there as well. So um, two really good teams, two fantastic defenses, and a lot of weapons on offense. But because the Eagles are at home, because I think they have the better quarterback, and because I think they're going to dominate the line of scrimmage in this game, I, I'm picking the Eagles, but I do think it's close. Um, I mean, that's that's just the way I think. And then the second game, Brandon, here, I'll give you my in-depth analysis. I hope it's a good game. Uh, I love Joe Burrow. Go Bengals. That's all I'm going to say. I don't. I refuse to say anything else about that game. <laughs> All right, great analysis. Well, I, mean, I, I gave an analysis we'll, on our website. I'm not going to give it here again. I think we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here for today. Anything else you guys like to talk about before we get out of here? 
Yeah, I'm just I'm just excited because both well, in particular the Bengals Chiefs game because there's been a lot of trash talk from both teams. I think the players, um, we got mayors over here that are giving out trash talk. Um, so I, I'm really excited for the Bengals Chiefs game. Obviously, Burrow, you know, he's three and zero against uh, Kansas City. Can he be 4-0, or the Chiefs finally going to get one? And then obviously we'll continue to hear about these quarterback debates. Mahomes, Burrow, Burrow, Allen, like all, all this stuff. We'll continue to hear about the debates. So I just hope we get two really good games. Yeah, and I, 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 I think we will. I think they'll both be enjoyable. Um, all right, I think we'll wrap it up there for today. Thank you all so much for listening, as always. Of course, go check out the website, thesmallballers.com. Uh, Trevor, article tonight or tomorrow? What are we thinking? I mean, it'll be. I'll, I'll finish it tonight. I'll put it out. If if you want to read it at eleven thirty p.m., you can do that. If not, it'll be there for you in the morning. It sounds like uh, our our listeners are going to stay up and, and and go view the article. That's what that's what it sounds like to me. Um, and uh, yeah, so go go check out the website. We post a lot of stuff there. Uh, great website. Um, go follow us on Twitter at the Small Baller. Stay up to date with all of our podcasts that go live. Um, of course, subscribe and leave a five-star review on this podcast. Uh, you know, Tell us what you think. Uh, tweet at us. Comment on our articles. Whatever you want to do. Um, get a hold of us. Um, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!